So today I have Bridget Morris on the show. And before you start listening, I just want to let everyone know that when I speak about my life and about my family, friends, friendships, I am doing it in a way so that people understand my perspective and where I'm coming from and my life lessons and how I've come to be where I am today emotionally and, you know, spiritually. Yeah, well, I think what you're trying to say is, so Lynette and I are, we're talking about relationships in this, and we've been, you know, before recording, we were talking about, you know, how do we share our stories and at the same time be respectful um, and honoring of the people that are in our lives that, you know, have helped, you know, form parts of our stories. Correct. And so I think the one thing that, you know, we want people to understand is that when we are talking about, you know, some hurt that came from our childhood, um, that we understand that people that were in our childhood might not want this story, that perspective to be being shared. Yes. However, I think we both feel called, so correct me if I'm wrong, Mm -hmm. um, that God's really leading us to be able to say, you know, there we're, we're focusing on behavior and change and that yes. both of our hearts is that generational patterns would be being changed. And by not saying anything, we're not changing no. things. If you don't acknowledge how we're going to change. And the number one reason that I was led to do this podcast was to tell our stories as women to tell our truths, to tell our perspective, to tell our stories in a way that we don't feel like we're the only people dealing and going through these struggles. Correct. And I think one of the one of the highlights that y'all will hear from our from our talk today is how Lynette and I both take ownership of our shortcomings, our mistakes, and how we in our own relationships today are making those changes. And so the people in our life that haven't taken those changes, nothing would nothing would make me happier mm-hmm. than to get that phone call and say, hey, I heard, yeah. I heard the podcast yeah. and I'm sorry, yeah. I see where I was an avoider. Mm-hmm. And how do, how do we start to reconcile? Mm-hmm. Like I said, that that's, I think, both of that's our hearts. That's the whole point of this. It's not to, to, to make anyone look bad, to bash anyone. It's speaking from our, our perspective on things. And when God leads me to do things, I'm going to do it. And this is, this is what's in my spirit and in my heart. And how am I going to get through, you know, with this podcast and, and get through to people without sharing and showing them my life right? and and things that I've experienced. Yes. So, well, I, yes. And I, and thank you. And I love that, like I said, that you're giving this platform and, um, and just your courage, just your courage to speak your truths and to hope for positive, you know, compassionate, positive change. Yes. And that's honestly what it's all about. Yes. So enjoy the show. Yay. I'm so happy you found Virago 24-7. If you love this podcast, please go to wherever you're listening and rate the show. Five stars would be very much appreciated. I wouldn't mind a review as well. And also, don't forget to share this podcast with your friends. 
Today's show is sponsored by the Healing Life Institute, where they're passionate about your personal growth and healing. They offer support and guidance to help you discover your inner strength and move into a more authentic and vibrant way of living. Go to HealingLifeInstitute.org and enter promo code Virago10 for 10% off services. Hi, I am your host, Leonette Talley, and you are listening to Virago 24-7. Virago is Latin for female warrior, and 24-7 is for all day, every day. Virago 24-7 is a weekly podcast that brings diverse women together to talk about life and our experiences in this world. We share our views on self-love, mental health, marriage, children, friendships, and really anything that needs to be talked about. Here, you will find everyday growth, everyday healing with everyday warriors. Hello, everyone, and I am here with Bridget Morris. Hey, how are you guys doing? I love having Bridget. I've gotten awesome feedback when you're on these shows. Um, So this is your first time listening to Bridget to Brit, um, go back and listen to her because she has awesome advice. She's a therapist. She 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 knows what she's talking about. So I'm so happy to have her on the show today. Oh, well, thank you for having me. And I love what you're doing and just the um, the platform that you're providing just to give, you know, people understanding of, you know, basic life skills, really. Mm-hmm. I wish that they taught you know, how to handle relationships in high school. You know, they yeah. teach us how to, you know, do addition. I'm like, well, I know what one plus yeah. one is, but yeah. how do I deal with this difficult person in my life? Yes. <laughs> it would be great to have this as a class. <laughs> so I love, I love when uh, Britt comes because she, she kind of gives me what she wants to talk about, which I love because I don't have to think about it. I'm just like, yeah, come on with whatever <laughs> you want to talk about because I know it's going to be good. So what do you have for us today, Britt? Yeah, so, well, today I felt like it would be really, um, you know, a good thing to talk about how to handle difficult people. Mm-hmm. Um, except- I, I, I call them toxic, so she's really sweet, very ther- therapist-like, where she, you know, difficult, and I like to say toxic, toxic, horrible people. No, I'm kidding. They're not horrible. They're just toxic. Well, and the reason why, and, and I, and I understand, you know, you know, people will say, I, I get often asked, like, how do I know if the person that I'm with is a narcissist or mm-hmm. how do I know if the person that I'm with is toxic? Mm-hmm. So why I, why I like to use the word difficult is we, every person ha- can be difficult. It's a behavior choice. So it's how do I show up during conflict? Mm-hmm. So if I don't know how to handle conflict in a healthy manner, then I can be difficult. Maybe I'm an avoider. Maybe I'm a pleaser, right? Makes sense. And okay. so, however, when, when, we, when we start talking about people that are really, really difficult or at that spectrum of being toxic or narcissistic, then you really are dealing with someone that they, they won't change the behavior. Okay. And so that's why, because people, it's, you know, people, you know, I'm, so I'm the founder of Healing Life Institute where we help people, you know, just really be self-champions and live their best life. And so I'm all for, you know, 
relationships. You know, we're created to love and to be loved and to be in a relationship and do life with people. So it's a, it's a need, just like, you know, I need water every day to live mm-hmm. physically. Well, emotionally, we, we are created to be in a relationship and community. Mm-hmm. So how do I do that when I can be difficult myself? Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's a that's a hard pill to swallow. You know, I'm 50, so I I can be like I'm I, difficult. I definitely know I can be difficult. But do you think there's a difference between someone who's difficult sometimes and understands? Okay, I'm, I'm difficult in that moment, and someone who's difficult like that's just their personality. Absolutely. Any situation they're in, they're just they make it difficult. Absolutely. You're so I love that you said that. Yeah. And that's really what I wanted to highlight today is what if I do have someone in my life that is on the spectrum of difficulty where they aren't taking accountability. They aren't saying, oh, wow, I could be difficult. However, I'm going to change. And so if you're with someone that won't take accountability, then that gets into the other thing that we were going to talk about is, okay, well, then what do I do? And that's self-care. Mm-hmm. And you have to really step into awareness of, okay, I need to set really healthy boundaries to start to take care of myself yeah, yeah. and make decisions that best serve me. And so um, does that make sense? It does. And so I, I knew coming in that we were going to talk about difficult people, but I I went ahead and because we throw around that word toxic all the time. I know I do like that person's toxic for me. So what does that really mean? So I, I looked up this definition and, and tell me, you know, what you think. But on Google, I found this. Um, it says a toxic person is anyone whose behavior adds negativity and upset to your life. Many times people who are toxic are dealing with their own stresses and traumas. You always have to defend yourself to this person. You never feel fully comfortable around them. And you continually feel bad about yourself in their presence. So it's someone who makes you feel these things. Is that? Yeah, I love uh, I love that. And so so I'm going to simplify it. Okay. <laughs> Please do. Because we're, we're basically dealing with, you know, emotional abuse. So someone that is a manipulator versus someone that... Um, you know, just can, um, you know, maybe make a mistake or because mm-hmm. we all are going to make mistakes. I yes. think that, I think that's the, that's the one difference that I want people to understand is if I can take accountability for my mistakes and change my behavior, then I'm not toxic. Yeah. You can acknowledge. Then I'm not narcissistic. Yeah. You can apologize and move forward. Correct. Yeah. And, when, and in therapy, we call that a safe person. Okay. So that's someone that, you know, I can trust mm-hmm. that I believe that they have my best interest at heart and I then have their best interest at heart and we do life together mm-hmm. versus um, an unsafe person. So that would be the toxic person, the mm-hmm. highly difficult person, the narcissistic person mm-hmm. that you really can't be in a real caring relationship with because it's one-sided. Yeah. And so an unsafe person, they will never own or address their own shortcomings or maybe they will, but then they don't. It's, and so you're in this constant. And I think that it's funny that you say that because I know toxic people, but there's one particular in my life that for me is toxic and that's what happens. Like, I think they do it to 
just make it go away. Like I'm going to acknowledge it, but they don't really mean it because then the next two seconds later, like you're doing the same thing. Right. So. Because it will. And yes, and you're exactly right. Yeah. And so that's really my hope. And this is one of the things that I'm so excited about where we are in, you know, psychology today is we are actually being able to give people the tools to be able to spot high conflict narcissistic people and you spot their behavior and you you name it okay and so we're no longer kind of orbiting around the person in the situation and questioning myself and yes. and doing all of that we're actually sitting here and saying no when someone you know blames you does not take accountability is not reliable and dependable and you're questioning yourself. Mm -hmm. And I read this one. Um, they make you feel guilty. They control you by guilt tripping. Um, and they play the victim. Correct. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, it's, well, and we also, have you ever heard of a living in a fog? So if you're with someone that is highly, highly manipulative, um, like I said, it's a spectrum disorder, just like I can have, you know, something that's maybe says that I have it's precancerous or maybe it's stage one, two, three or four cancer. You know, it, mm -hmm. it, it's it. people can have, um, you know, narcissistic qualities or they can be highly narcissistic and suffer from NPD. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. yes. Um, and that's why I keep highlighting on behavior. And so in psychology that we're finally where we can actually name something. And so I always liken it. If you're dealing with someone in your life and it might be a family member and that's the hardest because yes. if you grew up in a family of origin where, you know, a mother or father was, um, conflict adverse or high conflicts, so it was, it was good or bad. It was all or nothing thinking. It was shaming and blaming. Mm -hmm. And you felt like you were walking on eggshells. However, and they were judging others. So you live in the state of denial because you think that's your, you think that's normal. Mm -hmm. And then you step out of that situation and you're like, wait a minute, people, people see life differently. It's not this, you know, all or nothing and, yeah. and guilt. Yes. And well, that happened to me personally, because when I met my husband, he doesn't come from that kind of family right they communicate very well yeah they communicate to each other so if they have an issue it's it's not going behind someone's back right. to another family member so my eyes were opened and I was just like oh wow like this is healthy this is what it should be like and it took me many many years to learn how to communicate to learn how to deal with conflict because I didn't know how I, I wanted I wanted to fight I always wanted to fight and he's just like, yeah, that's not happening because he's very secure in who he is. He didn't come from that background. And so I had to change how I communicate and how I dealt with conflict. So do you feel like you were fighting because you felt like your voice was not heard? Yes. And your 100%. family was, yes. yes, 100%. So I love, so this yeah. is where I get excited because a lot of people is the fact that you recognize that it's learned mm -hmm. behavior mm -hmm. and so, just being defensive, like yes. always, always like ready for a fight. Like I have to defend myself. Correct. Mm -hmm. So we always say, I always say with highly toxic people, we use this acronym Jade. It's 
J-A-D-E, never just, if you have to justify yourself, argue, defend, or constantly explain yourself. Mm, I like that, Jade. Jade, yeah, I know. It's justify, argue, defend, and explain yourself. Then you're in a, you're in a toxic situation. Okay. And so what can you do? And so there's two things you can do. So one, you recognize, wait, I'm not handling this mm-hmm. in a healthy way. I'm, Lynette, I'm going to change my behavior. So I did the same. So you were a fighter. Yes. Um, and I was a pleaser. Okay. And so they, they sometimes say um, parent pleasers become people pleasers. Mm-hmm. And so I have a really, really hard time with... Um, setting personal limits. Okay. And I feel really guilty if I say no. And I, and I tend to have this idealistic view like, Oh, and then it's like, wait, yeah, <laughs> I can't, I can't do all of this. Mm-hmm. And then to have to say no, it's like, I feel disappointed. Yeah. And I feel like I'm not pleasing the people, but what I, and so what I discovered by living that way is that wasn't healthy. Mm-hmm. And so I had to learn how to be able to, say yes and no, and then allow people to also be able to help me. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, you know, we talked about this the last time was, you know, being that rescuer, that pleaser and learning how to serve yourself mm-hmm. and learning how to be that self champion kind of, you know, Chick-fil-A. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chick-fil-A, I they have it. boundaries. Like I love Chick-fil-A because yeah. they know who they are. Mm-hmm. They know what they can do. They know what they can. If they're real, it, they're the same where you can go to the Chick-fil-A and Chattanooga yeah. or Buckhead. So it true. is, you know what you're getting, yeah. you know, because there, there's that clear defined um who are you Mm -hmm. and so that's really one of the ways if you are you know listening to this and you're like oh well gosh maybe I am a fighter or maybe I don't know how to handle conflict or maybe I am an avoider um Mm -hmm. you can learn how to do it differently yeah and that's what I get so excited about Mm -hmm. and when I see relationships you know couples will come to me and they're struggling in their marriage And the tools that I give them is to identify, okay, this is what we're, we're individually doing Mm -hmm. that's unhealthy, typically from family of origin. And then they learn how to do it differently. And they learn to turn towards each other in conflict and, you know, stand in the, Mm -hmm. in the mess. Yeah. And it, it, save, yeah. it saves relationships. It's like once I figured out how to do that because I, I would fight, but then I didn't express myself because I didn't feel a lot of the times growing up, it didn't matter what I said. I was always going to be wrong because the adults in the room were always going to win no matter what. Right. Um, and so when I got married, so I was either the fighter or I'm not going to express myself because it doesn't matter anyways because... I'll be wrong and you're right. And so I, I played the little victim like, you're right. I'm wrong. I'm the worst. I'm, you know, I uh-huh. don't know how to communicate, you know, throwing it back in his face like a little kid. And, yes. and I granted, I was 25 when I got married. So I was a little kid. But once we learned or once I learned that it, he was, he's a safe person. Correct. It, like we can argue. And like you said, you sit in it, but it's not, I don't feel like it's the end of the world. I don't think, you know, he hates me. We just are having this conflict. Let's talk about it and let's move on. And it's been life-changing for me. Correct. So, so let's, let's highlight that, which that you just said, cause I love that is cause that's where I said, most people come to me and they're like, 
am I with a narcissist? Is this, is this relationships? Can I save it? Mm-hmm. And so the, to answer that is you have to become self-aware for your, with yourself and yeah. you need to say, how do I handle conflict? And then start handling conflict, you know, by owning your shortcomings. Okay. And then see if that person will do the same. Yes. It, it's that simple. Mm-hmm. And if the person's not willing to, then you then you've got <laughs> we have a bigger problem. <laughs> <laughs> then we dive into yes. Well, then we have a yes, we do. And so what we, what what ends up happening there? is you have to make a really hard decision because if you stay in the relationship, you're what I call an emotional enabler. So you're enabling this person to continue to cause conflict and manipulation in your life. Mm-hmm. And we, we teach people how to treat us. Yeah. And so, you know, so that's that's one of the things. So this is if the yeah. other person. So you're self aware and you're ready to like make some changes, and the other person's like, they they feel like they're fine. There's nothing to change. This is who I am. Take me or leave me, type thing. One okay. yes, and, and and the number one thing you can do to figure that out. So these are tools. So I I I I have over 30 years of both personal and professional experience in dealing with really, really, really high conflict situations. Um, I've actually was in the court system for about 10 years, had a judge removed. Um, Right. So so the tools that I give my clients um, really do work. So there was some corruption going on and I was able to highlight that through the tools that I use in my own practice. Wow, that's a big deal. It was humbling. Um, It was not, (laughs) you know, 20 years. It was not something that I sought out. Mm -hmm. However, it was something that was presented in front of me. And so I just spoke truth. Mm -hmm. And then things started unfolding. And so the tools really do work because it's counterintuitive to think, Okay, so when this person's lying, I'm going to stay in the space and still speak my truth, even though they are lying. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's how you highlight the behavior when someone is highly, um, you know, manipulative and deceitful to the, to the far, far end. Mm -hmm. And so the number one thing you can start to say, so we're talking about perspective. Yeah. Because someone that's manipulative is constantly making you question your point of view. Yes. Question who you are. I always say there are two ways to be emotionally abused. Do you know what they are? Uh, I don't. Or have we talked about this and I just don't remember? (laughs) That would be really bad. Yeah. Well, okay. So the two ways to be emotionally abused is, number one, you have to be either emotionally or financially invested with this person. And what I mean... We did talk about that. I should have remembered. No, no, no. It's okay. <laughs> well, because you can you can get with a, with a manipulator that... Um, with a work, with a business deal. Mm-hmm. And so maybe you're not emotionally invested with this person, especially in our world today. Yeah. Um, and you've, you have a signed contract. And then all of a sudden you discover... I've wired the money and this person was in California and they're gone. Yeah. So what do you do? 
you know, okay, well, you've been abused. Because, mm-hmm. sure, you can try to go through the court system and all that or small claims court. However, you've been abused. You've yeah. been manipulated. You've been taken. Yeah. Okay, so that's, so that's one that, way. You feel violated with that because you trusted someone and then you feel probably dumb that I can't believe I allowed this person exactly. to do that. Exactly. And you question yourself and then people will say, well, you should have known better. Da, yeah. da, da, da. And, and, yeah. and the reality is in our world today, it's just a part of the world that we live in. Yeah. Um, so that's just, you know, that's how you can be financially um, abused. Okay. Um, and so the emotional abuse with this is you do life with this person. So you really care about, um, you know, you believe that they want the best for you. You believe that they do things out of the joy of their heart, not out of obligation and control. Like, they make you feel obligated and they're doing it to control you. So, sure, I'll pay for college. However, I expect this out of you. And it's just, you know, there's Mm -hmm. just strings attached. Yeah. So, if you're doing life with someone that's manipulative and um, so that's in your, and you care about this person, you believe you should be able to trust them. Because, like I said, maybe they're, you know, in your family or maybe they're a romantic partner. And so, um, you know, that's one way that you can be um, emotionally or financially abused is you do life with this person. This person is. Someone that you believe I can trust. Yeah, that's tough, though, because you are trusting in them because you chose them to be your partner for right. life. Right. Or, then, or they're your mother and you yeah. didn't choose them. Well, that's <laughs> a different. Yeah. Is it is it the same feeling? Um, the disappointment factor, like which one for you or is it all just disappointing when someone is in your life that's toxic? Yeah, so it's all it's all abusive. Okay. However, um, when it's the parent, mm-hmm. it's much more harmful. Okay, because we emotionally grow, just like physically, we have to grow. You know, we all physically had to learn to roll over, crawl, walk, and run. Mm-hmm. Well, emotionally, we're we're growing, and so we have to learn ages eighteen and younger. We're emotionally learning who am I? Mm -hmm. So if my primary caregivers, mother, father, taught me a lot of this like role confusion and, you know, manipulation, then that becomes part of my identity. Mm -hmm. And so you keep thinking, well, surely this person cares about me and there's strings attached. Yeah. They're not reliable. They're not dependable. They yes. shame you. They blame yes. you. They make you second guess yourself. Yes. Yeah. So you didn't get that. So then when you, so then if you step out into the real world, if you find someone that's loving, then you can learn it mm-hmm. because we learn, yeah. you know, these are learned behaviors. Yes, you you have it's you know people you have to learn how to love in healthy ways. It's like you have to learn how to eat healthy. You know these are learned behaviors, so it's much harder. And then you struggle with what's wrong with me because basically your childhood got robbed. Yeah, and um, so I'm really hard on my parents. I don't care how old you are. You know I've got some clients and they're. 
you know, in their seventies and they've come to me to try to restore their families, Mm -hmm. which I'm so grateful. And I'm like, that's shocking. I'm I'm telling you before we got on, on, on Mike, I was like, no one that old is going to change. They're set in their ways. So it's possible. It is, it is possible. And that's where I, that's where I said, like, I, I get so excited with the tools that work. I, I often say, you know, our culture has created a lot of this division, mm-hmm. a lot of this inability to handle conflict, you know, like we should do. There are so many rules, especially in the South. Yeah. There's so many rules mm-hmm. as to what things should be, you know. And so, um, yeah, so it, it's like I said, it's always going back to owning that, wow, when I show up in this conflict, I am the pleaser, the rescuer, the voider, and I didn't realize that. So I'm sorry, and I'd like to learn how to be a self champion, mm-hmm. and I've learned I'd, I'd like to learn how to be reliable and dependable and rebuild trust. Is that something we can do? And it changed it as a as a child. I don't care how old you are; you can be forty, and if your parent at seventy comes and says that, yeah, it's like you've been carrying yes. this jacket. Of like weight, like guilt and what's wrong with me and why my, why does my mother not love me or father? And so it's like, you can take it off and then you're like, okay. Like finally, they get it. They see it. No, I mean with, with me, my parents were very young when, Mm -hmm. when I was born, 18, 19 years old. So they were kids themselves. Um, and up until I was 11, my brother and I lived with my mother and even though she was young, I felt loved. She didn't really have the best upbringing, right. but she cared for us. She protected us. Whether and we didn't have luxuries because she didn't. She couldn't afford it. Right. You know, there were times we like she slept on the couch, and then she gave me and my brother the, the one bed. Right. It was kind of like that kind of living. Or we would live in a house with like literally like ten other people. Mm-hmm. You know, we would get the basement, or they would get this room. So that's how I grew up, and then. You know, when we were by ourselves, I always had to share with my brother, but I felt loved. She, she instilled in us, I don't know, it's, it's hard to describe because even with, with moving a lot and not having material things, I felt, I felt somewhat secure right. in that. And then our, my turning point was 11 when we went to go live with my dad and my stepmom and that just, that whole... <laughs> It just, that just changed a lot for me. It wasn't, it wasn't, it was toxic. Yeah. And people listen to me say that, that are involved with the family, with my family. They get pissed off that I say this, but this is my perspective, my truth. It was toxic. Conflict. They didn't know how to deal with conflict at all. And we were shut down as kids. We couldn't share our emotions. We couldn't. So it was, it was horrible. It, it was horrible. And then people want to tell us, oh, well, they provided for you and you guys had nice things, five kids and mm-hmm. you guys had your own thing. And I don't give a shit about that. I'm yeah. emotionally scarred. Like take those things and shove them somewhere because now I have to deal with this as an adult and try to figure out why I have panic attacks, why I'm so anxious, why right. I have all these things. So these parents that think, oh, I'm just going to give you things. And that's how I'm going to show my love. Um, it's that's not the way. It's just not the way. Well, exactly. So this <laughs> topic, I'm very sensitive to, because I've had to undo so many things. And as you're an adult, 
it carries on into adulthood because now we're adults, but they still see you as kids and they're still right. treating you the same way. I've had to distance myself. I've had to, and then my dad has passed, but even with, before he passed, I was having to distance myself because I saw in my husband and his family, this is how things should be. Correct. And you guys are creating so much stuff over here that I just can't deal with well, you guys. Yeah. No. And I, and, and I love that you shared that because I have very, I have the same situation mm-hmm. and I found myself in an unhealthy marriage mm-hmm. and I recognize, wow, I'm handling conflict like my parents did. Yeah. And now I, now I'm getting divorced. And so now I have a child. Mm-hmm. So I have to learn how to change. So yeah. I had to go to my son and say, I'm sorry. I didn't go and people were always like, well, how did you deal? Because you had a high conflict, you know, ex. So what did you do? Did you tell him about your ex? I said, no, no. I told him about me. Yeah. I was like, and I'm kids, sure. And kids know. They I mean, know. You don't have to go bash the, the person. Right. They see it for themselves how that parent is. Exactly. You know? Well, and I, I, I often simplify it like this it's we all knew in school we had that teacher I still mm-hmm. remember her Flora Levin I loved her she <laughs> she wanted me to learn she was my English teacher she taught me the love for like she wanted me it wasn't about the grade mm-hmm. it was about the love to learn and I knew she cared about me as Bridget mm-hmm. versus I had the other teachers that they wanted to fail you. They didn't mm-hmm. care. They were like, what's the time? No, I'm not going to meet with you afterwards. Mm-hmm. And so you were, so which teacher did you want to go to? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You wanted to go to the one that cared, that showed and really took that time mm-hmm. to allow you to grow into the person you want to be. Yeah. And so that's where, and I know it, it's somewhat, I don't know what the right word is. Um, it's like stepping into the space and do you feel this? Uh, or do you feel this? I, I do. It's like to be able to say like, okay, I grew up in a family of origin that there was a lot of role confusion and an inability to handle conflict. And that still lingers in my family today. So I can definitely say that. It's what, a true statement. <laughs> right. So what, so what, so what's the solution? And so, and how do I respect my family and still be able to state this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's tough. Well, the Ten Commandments, you know, honor, honor your mother. And so how can you do that? And, you know, and so how, what I say is, you know, you, you have to, you have to have self-awareness. We talk about it. It's, it's somewhat, it's called the reverse grief is we as adults we have to accept the fact that we grew up with behaviors that did not serve us mm-hmm. and and there's no shame or blame there's no judgment you know it just, it's it, just, it, is. Yeah. it just is yeah. I do believe um you know 99% of people that do handle conflict in these unhealthy ways their intentions they don't realize what they're doing Oh, I believe that. Yeah. It's it's a learned behavior. Mm-hmm. And in our culture, like I said, our yeah. culture passed that down. Um, and there's just a lot. So you re- so I really try to step into that person's frame of reference mm-hmm. and say, well, what was going on in their life and why yes. not? Yes. However, and I also know, like, if we think about, you know, 
30 years ago, even going to, you know, counseling was shunned upon. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, so we're, you know, we, we're, we're blessed to have these tools and resources Mm -hmm. to be able to just look at the behavior and say, oh, it's like I'm burning the toast. I can, I can, I can change how I'm doing this. Like Mm -hmm. how you did. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Um, cause I had, before my dad passed away, we had that conversation. He's like, we didn't have an Oprah or, you know, these, Mm -hmm. these psychologists and, um, to tell us how to do things differently. He's like, I wish, you know, that that's. And so he said, so the way I showed love was by providing because he came from a poor upbringing. So he's like, I've made it and I'm taking care of my kids. And, and so I understand those things a hundred percent. Yeah. Like I understand that things weren't done maliciously. Like I'm going to mess up these children and make them feel like crap, but here we are trying to figure it out. (laughs) Right. So, well, and I always say it's the, and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, they, we, they, we grew up with um, some beha- learned behaviors mm-hmm. and what do I do about it today? Mm-hmm. And so that's the exciting part that I said, like with the tools that, that um, I give my clients is, well, what you do is you go back and you reparent yourself yeah, because you needed one healthy parent. Mm-hmm. And then when you're able to do that and you take the time to actually heal it gives you a different frame of reference because then you don't personalize. And that's really what a healthy child yeah. learns to do yeah. is you learn to step out into the world and you're not orbiting around. And when someone does something, you're, you you don't personalize it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I always say people are like, well, Britt, what are boundaries? You know, because they're breaking my boundaries and I can't trust this person. And I always say, well, can you trust you? Because boundaries to me are, I know how I'm going to act before I step into a situation. Okay. Yeah. So if I'm sitting next to my ex or if I'm sitting next to you, Mm -hmm. I'm the same person. Yeah. You're not going to get on that crazy train when you're around too. (laughs) (laughs) No, I used to not. Uh Because I used to get triggered by that. However, I was like, wait. (laughs) That's, I'm reverting back to this unhealthy habits. So that means there were no boundaries because you're allowing this person to control how you're going to act and feel and say, okay. Yes, exactly. So that's right. Yes. Yay. (laughs) Yes. Um, Exactly. Okay. It makes sense. And so it's that shift in perspective. Mm -hmm. And so that's why if we go back to what we were talking about earlier in the broad, in our podcast was, you know, what are those two ways I can be emotionally abused is one, I'm doing life with this person. Yeah. They're either in my finances, my bed, my family, my friend group, mm-hmm. they're in my life. Yeah. And I believe they have my best interest and I have their best interest. I really care about this person. Mm-hmm. And then number two is you question who you are. Yeah. And that's where if you grew up in that family of origin, that there was that confusion 18 and younger, you're asking yourself this question, who am I? So if you grew up with that role confusion, sometimes I'm good, sometimes like it, it's, it doesn't serve you well. Mm-hmm. So really the healthy way is you've got to do the inner work. I know, yeah. <laughs> you know people no, say all that. It's um, so true, Britt. Like you really have to do the inner work. It's, that is what has been my saving grace. I finally got to a point 
where I'm like, I need to figure this out. I can't stop. I, I can't keep blaming what happened because it's, it's not going to change. So why do I keep going to the past? Like I would mentally rewrite, like, this is how I wish my life would be, or this is how, and it, and it's just, it's, it's like you're torturing yourself because it's never going to be that. Well, it keeps you stuck. Right. It You're keeps so you stuck, stuck in stuck. fear. Yeah. And so, and if we talk about self-esteem, because mm-hmm. that's, if I'm questioning who am I, Yeah. right? That's self-esteem. Yes. So self-esteem is driven by two things. One is how I view myself and then how the people I do life with, I feel they view me. Mm-hmm. So that's why that family of origin is so critical. Yeah. Or your friend group, you know, they say the three, what is it? The three or four people you hang out with the most is who you become like. Mm-hmm. So if you're with someone that was making you question who you are, mm-hmm. then you're going to be questioning who you are. Yes. For me, I, what I try to do is, um, is find balance. Mm-hmm. So I know who in my life I can trust. Yes, that's huge. And then... And I'm, and I'm grateful for that. And so those are people that I can be me. Yes. Like I just am me and yes. I just, <laughs> you know, they don't care when you know. Yeah. And then I have people that are in my, that I do life with. Mm-hmm. And I understand we all have different frame of reference. Yes. So when they say something that kind of triggers me. And I'm like kind of caught off guard. I don't have to say, well, I can't trust this person. They don't need to be in my life and they're judging. And why are they yeah, saying this? Yeah. I don't personalize it. And I'm like, well, that's their frame of reference. Mm-hmm. However, this is what I enjoy yeah. with this person. Yes. Does that make... It makes a hundred... It makes a hundred percent sense. It's a healthier way to do life to yes. pers- because that's how I used to do it. How you were talking well, earlier where it yeah. was like all or nothing. Yeah. Now I'm trying to find that balance. Me- Okay, I'm so glad you say that, Britt, because we, I don't know if it was, I I was recording last week, and I don't even know if I made it to the podcast, it might have, but we're going to go to this conversation, where I was saying exactly what you said, the people that know me, know me, and I can really let my walls down, Mm -hmm. and I am like, Leonette, there's other people that I hang out with that think I'm a quote-unquote a mystery, because they only see some, they only see some of me, but I enjoy hanging out with them, but they're not... I, like like you said, I find something that I like about them. Right. But I don't give them my all, if that makes sense. So one of my friends was like, oh, I just don't do any of that. Like, I only surround myself with positivity or people that I can truly be myself with. And I'm like, well, then I just wouldn't have a ton of friends. If- and I call that when you're saying, like, I can't, I'm just going to have positive people and this is how I'm doing life. That's really living in protect- yes. protection mode. Yes. yes. And if we bring in the Christian part of it, I kind of liken it like this. If you look at Christ's life, like Christ knew who he was. Mm-hmm. Like he would go and spend time with God, wake yeah. up before the sun. Like yes. he knew that was where he got that his energy, source of his, mm-hmm. his source. Mm-hmm. And so then. He had, he had the people he did life with, his posse, you know, and and he'd call his posse out, Mm -hmm. you know, he'd be like, you know, Peter, you're going to denounce me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, I'm not. Yes, you are. And he didn't personalize it. He just was like, this is how it is, is. you know, or, you know, when Lazarus dead and Mary's like, what are you doing? He's like, what, what are y'all doing? Like, Mm -hmm. just breathe. You know, so he was real with them. Then he had the crowds that he interacted with. And he would meet someone and say, how can I help you? Mm -hmm. You know, and 
if they wanted help and he would say, do you believe? And then he would point them back to God, Yeah, you know, and, and then he had the Sadducees and the Pharisees, you know, he had been that group that was like, no, mm-hmm. you're making me angry. Yeah. This isn't okay. Mm-hmm. You need to change your behavior. To hear more amazing female warrior stories, hit that subscribe button and give us a five-star rating. We would truly appreciate the love. Now back to our show. I think the difficult thing that comes into play, and this is a culture thing, is we think we should do certain things. Mm -hmm. And then if we're not doing those certain things, then we feel like we're judged instead of knowing this is why I'm choosing not to do this and making sure if that person's okay with that decision or not. And like I said, if they're a highly toxic person, they're not going to be okay with it. Mm -hmm. So then you've got to know this is why I'm making that choice and not look for outside validation. That's, does that make, that's why it makes sense. Because we're going to come in contact with so many different people. And I love going back to what you were going to say before. I think we start talking about something else. But um, it starts with ourselves. It starts with our inner person. Really understanding why we tick, what we like, what we don't like. So that when we do go out into the world and interact with people, we just know. We, we know what our spirit and our soul is going to accept, not accept. What we're going to tolerate, not tolerate. Like, there's so many different things that are going to come at us, but it starts with us. It really, 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 truly does. And I, because I've experienced it myself, like. It's the most freeing it thing. Is. It's faith over fear. It and, it, and it's counterintuitive and it's hard. Yes. <laughs> so I'm not, ple- so I, I jokingly say to my clients, I try mm-hmm. with a capital T. That's very bold yes. and extremely wobbly because <laughs> I try and then I fall yeah. and then I get back up, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a moment to moment decision that yes. you're like, I'm walking with God. I'm letting go of control. I, I have my boundaries mm-hmm. and I can navigate, you know, when the waters get rough mm-hmm. and the choices that I have to make. And, and that's, you know, you know, with even like with mother's day coming up, mm-hmm. You know, if you have a difficult mother that possibly is a narcissist, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're not going to get that label. You know, you people don't go and get the diagnosis. That's the hard thing. Yeah. If you're dealing with someone that is, you know, has NPD or is highly manipulative and toxic and is intentionally causing conflict. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? Yeah. Do you know what you do? I don't. <laughs> Well, number one, because what? to be honest, I have my mom and then my stepmom, and she's the one that I have a hard time dealing with. Mm-hmm. And so since she's my quote unquote stepmom, I've just learned to just not learned. I just told myself I'm not dealing with it. Like I keep her over there. So I don't know if, if she was my mom, mom, I don't know how I would handle it. Right. The advice that I try to give and I try to follow myself is relationships are one-on-one. Mm-hmm. 
And so if you are with someone that is manipulative and controlling, or if you're questioning, then you need to take some time to give yourself permission to step away and really get clear and then make moment to moment decisions to say, okay, it's Mother's Day coming up. What do I, what is, you know, God or what, what am I feeling inclined to do today versus just having to draw that line in the sand Mm -hmm. and allow it to unfold? I see what you're saying. Yeah. Because it's, we're evolving. Mm -hmm. And so maybe at one, and that doesn't mean that you trust the person. It does not mean you have to have real ex. I liken someone that's, you know, narcissistic. It's like if you're dealing with someone that's an alcoholic, if I know someone in my life, you know, I I have someone in my life that is an alcoholic. And so I understand if I'm with them, they might get very drunk or Mm -hmm. they might want to get behind the wheel of the car and take the key. Like, so I already have that understanding Mm -hmm. that when I step into that relationship, that there's an issue with alcohol. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you have to already identify this person in my life has an issue with conflict, Mm -hmm. has an issue with taking accountability, has an issue with being reliable and dependable, has an issue with shaming and blaming people, (laughs) has an issue. And so if I know that, Mm -hmm. it's a game changer. What if if you, okay, I get all those things. What if Mm -hmm. you understand and you know it, but you still don't want to be a part of it? Is that wrong? Like, I just don't want to be a part of it. I really, in my heart, do not. So here's the thing. Regardless of that, I understand. I get it. I I understand. And I still just. So I'm going to say this to you and then you, and then repeat it back to me. So you ask, is it? Is it wrong? Mm -hmm. So what if I said it's neither right nor wrong? It just is. I like that answer. I like that answer. And it just just is. Yeah. And and is it unnecessary? Mm -hmm. Is it sad? Is it unfortunate? Yes. Mm -hmm. And then for you today, is it wisdom to be able to say, this is my eject button. Yeah. I'm not going to continue to step into the space until you can take accountability. Mm -hmm. And this saddens me. And it's a choice that I'm making. And my hope is maybe there's restoration at some point. However, today, this is what it is. Yeah. Like, I can be around her. But the one-on-one thing, I'm just not up for that. But I can, I mean, I've been around her in in group settings and, and it's fine. I don't feel... Well, I don't feel mad or sad or yeah. I just feel like okay, she she's a part of this because mm-hmm. we still share the same people, and I mean she's going to be a part of my life for forever, actually. Well, and so and I could give you some tools to help you with that, or also just give you permission. Like that's mm-hmm. where I'm saying you've got to listen to your own voice and where you are. If you're strong enough, if your life is balanced enough right now. It's very balanced right now. Right. So then being aware that if I step in that space, I'm inviting some conflict. Yes. 
you just have to name it. You just have to say, okay, I'm intentionally, it's like, you know, it's like if you go to the football, this is going to be a bad analogy, but if you go to the football game and it's cold outside mm-hmm. and you're like, I'm not going to enjoy this as much as if it was a yeah. pretty, and it's raining and I'm watching the football, but I'm going because it's a choice I'm making. Yeah. Right. So you have to understand, okay, if I chose to go and have a one-on-one conversation, mm-hmm. that's going to be uncomfortable. There's going to be shame and blame. There's going to be this confusion. It's going to Mm-hmm. And I'm, why would I be choosing to make that decision? Yeah. When I step into spaces with people that I already know, because history has proven to me that there's a repeated behavior that is manipulative and lying and deceitful and confusing, mm-hmm. then I step into that situation knowing it's not if. This person's going to shame or blame me. It's when. Mm-hmm. So I already know my exit strategy, which is I give myself permission to thoughtfully and peacefully step away. Um, and I also know how to respond where I will always say, well, that's an interesting perspective. Okay. Would you like to know my perspective? Mm-hmm. And if you start to use that with toxic people, do you know what they will say? They don't want to hear your perspective. <laughs> And no, then, I do not want to hear what exactly. you have to say. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, good. Now I got to go. Yeah. That was, that was so much easier. Yeah. Than me wasting my breath. <laughs> and I'm telling you, it's so empowering when you start to do that. Well, this is going to help a lot of people. You know, I'm, I know I'm using my life as, as an example. And like I keep saying, it's my perspective. It's my truth. The other side, there's always another side and there's always, you know, someone else's story. So I don't, I'm not saying that my story is the story because right. I know there's another side, but I do like to give my, my, me as an example, because I know there's a lot of people that are dealing with that with parents. Absolutely. As and well as spouses, but I don't have that. I don't have that uh, example to give with it. Right. Spouse. Well, and, and there are, there, there are two sides to the story. However, there's also manipulative manipulators and liars, mm-hmm. and there aren't two sides to the story with that. Yes. And that's so key. So if you are clear that this person is a manipulator and a liar, mm-hmm. why I was saying you don't have to say, I can't go in that space, what you have to do is get the tools to be able to handle that. And it's not two sides. Mm-hmm. It's you. It's it's this is what it is and would you like to know my perspective and this is how I feel and this is why and here's my evidence Mm -hmm. and see if that person can validate that Mm -hmm. and I'll give it I'll give just an easy example okay is Charlie Brown and Lucy yeah okay there's that reoccurring scene Mm -hmm. where Lucy so you tell me do you think there's two sides to the story (laughs) Is it the football one? Yeah. So Lucy. No, she's a jerk. Yeah. She's a manipulator and a liar, right? Yeah. So she will always hold the football and say, Charlie Brown. Mm -hmm. And he will even say, I don't hate the fact that you're asking me to kick this. I hate your opinion of me. Mm -hmm. So he's trying to prove himself to her. And he goes and runs and kicks the football. And she, like, pulls it up. And then he's like, what the heck? Mm -hmm. So what he could have done is he could say, you know what? Well, videotape it, <laughs> uh, right? So he has evidence. Yeah. And then he could say, 
Lucy, this has happened 50 times. Mm -hmm. You put the football and I go to kick it and you pull it. Yeah. This isn't okay. Mm -hmm. Period. And can you take accountability for that? And what will you what will you do in the future so we can rebuild trust? And if that person can't sit and have that hard conversation, then you know that you're with someone that doesn't want to change. Mm-hmm. And so then it's just wasted energy. Yeah. Does that make Oh, a hundred percent. I know. Because a lot of times it's you're inviting that person to defend themselves. That's what'll happen. They'll bring up all the things and it's like, that's not what I just said. So I, love I did that. not just say that so until you they will, start justifying everything. Yes. Yeah, so you're going to love this. So high conflict is, um, you know, because that's what we're doing. That's what we're talking about mm-hmm. is they tend to, um, when you're dealing with someone that's high conflict, it's the conflict is not what's creating the issue. Mm-hmm. The person is what's creating the issue. Yes, yeah. So I give this analogy, and that's what gaslighting is. That's why I was saying it's okay. there are it's not two sides. Okay. So they make you question, and so so this I give this analogy sometimes. Um, sometimes my analogies are good. Sometimes they aren't. Um, <laughs> that's okay. Okay. So this is what this is what a manipulator would do. Is I'll invite the person over and say, "Hey, I'm going to make dinner for you. I'm so excited!" And they're going to be like, "We well, don't have to make dinner for me," or maybe they're maybe they're appreciative. Okay, that sounds great. So they come and they're sitting there and they're having a glass of wine and I'm cooking and we're talking and then all of a sudden I knock over the oil onto the stove and the of kitchen fire starts mm-hmm. a small one mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, can you grab a fire extinguisher?" Because mm-hmm. we've got to put the fire out. And the person that's the manipulator will go, typical you, can't even cook a meal. Yeah. And I'm like, no, the fire is getting bigger. Uh-huh. <laughs> Can you give me the fire extinguisher? And they're like, you're always needing help. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm the, always here for you. <laughs> yeah, as the fire is yeah. getting bigger. And I'm like, do you see the fire? And mm-hmm. they're like. Oh my gosh, this is exhausting. Mm -hmm. And so then you're like, can you move out of the way? And by the time you get to the fire extinguisher to fix the problem, Mm -hmm. the issue, Mm -hmm. there's the house is burned down. Yeah. Then everyone comes and it's, I didn't even want her to cook me dinner. Uh It was her fault. The house. And then you're sitting there like, oh my gosh, what? Yeah. What just happened? Uh Uh-huh. And so that's a great analogy because <laughs> I envision that very well in my mind. That's a great analogy. Yeah. Because it becomes your fault and you're like, no, I was trying to put the fire out. Correct. You didn't help. And now it's all my fault because the house burned down. Well, and why? So what? So okay. So this is where I tell you about much that the tools work. Mm-hmm. So if I already know that, Okay. So lovingly, yes. let's say yes. you're the person yes. I've invited. Yes. Yes. <laughs> let's say you're the person that I've invited to dinner. Okay. <laughs> so you're the narcissist. I'm the narcissist. I can do that. <laughs> right? <laughs> and I say to you, so we're going to use emotional sensitive stuff, uh-huh. is, you know, um, Lynette, I'm um, so happy that you're here and I just kind of really, you know, need to tell you something is, you know, I'm really struggling financially 
and I don't know what to do with my finances. Is there any way you could loan me some money? What would you say to that? As a narcissist? uh Oh, gosh. I can't get into a narcissist's mind, but (laughs) would they give it to you, but they would hold it over your head maybe? Right. Yeah. So my mistake would be me even asking you that. Yeah, because they would... You would owe them big time if they correct, okay. or me sharing something that would be sensitive yeah. to me. I get it because they're going to so, use that against you. Correct. Yeah. So what would my game plan be? Is I I'm choosing Bridget. Mm-hmm. I'm choosing to have Lynette to my home. Mm-hmm. I understand that she's manipulative. I understand I'm not to trust her with things that are important to me. Mm-hmm. I also understand, so this can help you if you're having to go with family. Mm-hmm. I know what you love to talk about. So we're going to talk about your podcast. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about things that are important to you. Just keep it very basic. And you, very, you have yeah. to figure out because someone, they always have something. Maybe mm-hmm. they love the galas or mm-hmm. they love cars or they love to talk about their grandchildren, whatever that is. And I, and I understand you're not going to ask me about yeah. <laughs> my child. Or if you are, I'm not going to say. You have too much it, information. It's, Everything's life is good. wonderful. It's good. Life is good. <laughs> yeah. And then if you say something to me that's hurtful, that's like, oh, well, I heard, you know, that your son, this happened to them, da 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 You're going to say, well, yeah, mm-hmm. however, we're working through things. Mm-hmm. Well, how are you working through things? Oh, well, we just are. Things are good. Yeah. You don't have to get into it. You don't have to answer. Remember the jade. I never justify, argue, defend, or over-explain mm-hmm. myself. Because, and people will say, well, Bridget, that seems so disingenuous. Mm-hmm. That seems so unauthentic. That's exactly what I think. And I'm like, that's one perspective. Mm -hmm. Or is it wisdom? Mm -hmm. Because I'm treating you with compassion and kindness. Because I I am genuinely inviting you. I'm not doing it out of obligation. I'm like, okay, this is someone that I genuinely like. Mm -hmm. However, I, or not like, but I'm doing life with. So -hmm. so we have a connection of some sort. Maybe you're an aunt. I don't know. Mm-hmm. However, yeah, it could be so you, many things: aunts, sisters, brothers, right? And so, grandparents, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, or maybe it's even, um, you know, my husband's sister-in-law. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, you're going to see them at certain it, events, and, right? And so, and so, it's just more wisdom because it's not judging; it's just mm-hmm. recognizing the behavior is their behavior is they like to shame and blame and cause conflict. And they like, and, and so I'll like, it'd be like, Oh, now they're being the persecutor. Now mm-hmm. they're being the, you know, and it's not judging. It's just more wisdom. Yeah. And I like to think everyone we meet is a teacher. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's how to be emotionally well. Yeah. So that's really the main thing you can do. Um, if you're dealing with, you know, a difficult person and you're not sure what to do, mm-hmm. um, is you need to become emotionally well. So then you can identify where is this person on the spectrum and can they change? Can I get the tools? And then can they get the tools? And can we work together? Yeah. I like that. So that's where you come in. That's where I come yeah. in. Yeah. So <laughs> tell us about your new uh, group, women's group that you are 
doing? Oh, I know. I'm so excited. Um, you know, because therapy can be expensive. Mm -hmm. And when you have grown up in that family of origin, or if you are in a, you know, an a difficult relationship right now you the, this has to be weekly mm -hmm. this can't just be like oh I went once and our, everything's okay it's yeah. not like um, however once you get the tools I liken it to you know brushing your teeth every day so you have to keep its perspective and your thoughts and managing and coping mechanisms and self-care and all of those it, it's actually fun mm -hmm. um, so the support group that I've got is we're going to be doing it um, virtual and in person at our Suburban Medical Center okay. in Peachtree okay. Corners. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, it, right now we're doing just women only. Okay. Um, and it's going to be a small group. And then we're going to meet. It's a four-month commitment. And we're starting it in a couple of weeks. Um, we've got a few more spots left. Okay. And so basically, yeah, you we're going to get together um, for an hour once a week and just learn how to be emotionally well and learn how to deal with difficult people with compassion and logic. Mm -hmm. It's not, I've got to cut this person out of yeah. my life. I have to end this. It's, I'm going to really get the tools to be able to make decisions that not only best serve me, mm -hmm. but best serve my family. And so that's yeah, what we're I, doing. I love that because you are... It's, it's coming, once you learn those tools, it's like you're coming from a place of strength and, and it's freedom and it's, you know, and, and they're the tools that if I had had these tools 20 years ago, like I said to you, life would be it, different. Yeah. We yeah. didn't have these tools yeah. and they're, they're fun. And I think I make it fun, you know, yeah. my, you know, we, cause yeah, I'm a, I'm goofy. And yeah. so we have some goofy things and it's retraining your brain and, you know, we do high fours and self champs and all that stuff. But, you know, so it's a, it's a group of people that, you know, especially if you are coming to the awareness that your family of origin or the person that you're involved with right now is emotionally abusive, like it's just, you know, you coming at it from a place of wisdom and a, a, that place of strength. And so then if you are, you know, just coming to this awareness, it's going to be that safe place. Because mm -hmm. I think we were talking earlier, I call it, it's a reverse grief mm -hmm. that you have to go through. So when you lose someone that you love, you go through, you know, the five stages of grief, which yeah. are... Um, it's no order, but denial, bargaining, anger, and sadness. And you, you circle through those feelings mm -hmm. until you get to an acceptance that this person's no longer with me. Mm -hmm. Well, that's how you heal from a relationship that this person's not going to change. Okay. Is you have to put acceptance first. I have to accept that the change must come from me. I'm the person <coughs> that's going to change this relationship. I have to stop looking to this person to change. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to change. However, through that is you go through that denial, bargain, anger, and sadness because it's great. It's sad because yeah. you're like, this person, this is so unnecessary. That's mm -hmm. the word I... That's a good word. Unnecessary. Yeah. Well, it's unnecessary because mm -hmm. it's like, guys, we all have issues. Mm -hmm. <laughs> would, you like to see, would you like yeah. to see my list? Yeah. And that's my hope, mm -hmm. you know, I'm a, I'm an idealist. Um, you know, my hope is that people start to get these tools. And like I, like I said, I started this off by, you know, saying to you, it makes me excited when I see couples mm -hmm. that work through this. Yeah. Um, 
and actually start to apply these tools. And I've got, I've got lots right now and I see them and they're doing it. And then they're teaching like, their kids. Yes. It's conflict resolution. That is so exciting. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. However, there are those situations where you do have to walk away. Yeah. You know, and that's, you know, and like I said, it just is. Yeah. It's not good or bad. Mm-hmm. It, just it just is. is. I like that. Because a lot of times you feel so guilty over your decisions and your thoughts and, and am I doing the right thing? But yeah, I think that's perfect to say if this is what it is. Right. And... And if you've done yeah. the work to figure out exactly. what it is, yes. that's, that's just so key. Um, and I always, you know, if you don't know, if you're researching, that, that's all you need to know. Mm-hmm. That means go to a trained person to find out. Stop researching on the internet. Mm-hmm. Stop reading. Stop. People, I always say the number one thing to stop doing if you're questioning and if you're in a relationship with the difficult person or toxic person do you know what the number one thing you need to stop doing i don't what is it telling your story to everyone what does that mean you have to stop saying this person did this this person did this should i do this should i do that you have to try to get advice and correct so what you have to do is find a trained person that understands emotional wellness and get clarity for yourself Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people don't understand this emotional abuse. It's so subtle. Mm -hmm. And so going around and asking people, it just keeps you in confusion. And it just does not serve you well. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, it's it's like if I think I'm pregnant... I'm not going to keep asking my friends like, do you think I'm pregnant? I didn't have a period. It's like, um, go get a pregnancy kit. It's pretty. (laughs) Go to the doctor. It's not that hard. That is a good point. However, we don't want to step into that space because sometimes we're, we like staying in the unknown. Yes. That's so true. And then sometimes unless you've, been in that situation and you're experiencing it yourself, asking friends is so pointless because how do, how do they know? Correct. Like, unless they've experienced it or even still, everyone's situation is so different. Right. Yeah. And fr- and friends aren't there, aren't, are, are, are not supposed to be our therapists. It doesn't yes. mean, you know, you Can really you have... say that out loud to anyone <laughs> in the back of the room? Well, and I've had oh, to... Oh, <laughs> man. Well, I've had to learn <laughs> this myself. You know, for our friends are not our therapists. Yeah. You know, we, our friends are to do life with us and we should have strength. Does that mean that we can't ask for some guidance Mm -hmm. or advice? Mm -hmm. Sure. However, it's not where, if you're dealing with something that's just really difficult, then, then find a therapist that you can talk to Mm -hmm. and that will help you get clarity. Yeah. And that's like I said, why I'm yeah. excited about this, this support group is that's going to be people that are going through yeah. the same situation and validation because yeah. you have to get validated. Mm-hmm. And so you need to understand like, oh, okay, so this is, it, this is to be expected. Mm-hmm. This feeling is to be expected. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then I'm not alone in, in this journey. Yeah. There's other people going through it. Right. Well, and you and I bonding. So it's it's like nice. It's like you're saying, okay, I grew up with, you know, unhealthy behavior patterns of not -hmm. knowing how to resolve conflict. And I'm like, I did too. And then that, that's, and then we're like, yay. (laughs) Okay. So, so it's basically what we're doing now, but with more women and you're guiding us and telling us, you know, how we can get out of this. I love that. 
So they can go to healinglifeinstitute.org. Yeah, healinglifeinstitute.org. To sign up. To sign up, yeah. And I've got my Britt Morris um, Instagram official that you can also go to. Um, Britt Morris official. Yeah. And then you fill out an application Mm -hmm. um, because I do want to screen. I'm screening the – I just want to make sure that the group's – it's important to me that the mm-hmm. groups are cohesive and that it's a safe place for everyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a it's a simple application, and like I said, we've got a few spots, and then you know you're we've got a um, yes. Leanne, we have a code. It's Rago ten to get ten percent off. Yeah. Of uh, yeah of the course or yes. of the group. It's not the, really a course. Yeah, it's a group. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So thank you so much. As uh, always, well, I thank love you. talking to you. I feel every time like I've done therapy, so this is always fun. So thank you, and I cannot wait until next time. I know. Thanks so much. All right, great. We'll see you. Bye-bye. The quote of the week was shared by Heather Parton on my Facebook page, and it says, to change your life, you must change the way you think. Thank you so much for listening to Virago 24-7. If you haven't done so already, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and please give us five-star ratings. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Virago 24 underscore 7 and on Facebook at Virago 24 slash 7 and just connect with us and share your story. We'd love to hear from you. Just